Thank you. Open your Bibles tonight to the 103rd Psalm. It's amazing how over the course of time there are certain verses of Scripture, certain passages of Scripture and sections that uh, just have a way of really becoming special And usually, you know, there's always some background to it, you know, regardless of what the particular verse or section might be, it has to do with something that happened in our life or some experience that we've had, and as a result of that, why we, uh, we grow to love a particular verse. When it comes to this particular psalm, by the time we're through, I... I hope that uh, it'll become something really special to you. I, I'm not going to take time to read it all. I wish I I could, but we're going to read the first five verses. And our text and the title of the message tonight is found in those first three words, Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all of thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle." You know, we talk a, a lot about loving God, and we ought to. I mean, that it is absolutely essential. That is the first and the great commandment that we love God, and we talk a lot about that. You go to just about any Sunday school and any church across America, and someone will be talking about the love of God. We, we talk a lot about trusting God, and certainly we have to do that in order to have a relationship with the Lord. We talk a lot about obeying God, and that is absolutely essential to the uh, our welfare and to our usefulness in this world. We talk about pleasing God, worshiping God, and so forth. But we don't talk so much about blessing God. And usually whenever we see the word blessed, we generally think about ourselves. And, um, you know, we're concerned about God blessing us. And in reality, you know, uh, our greater concern ought to be for Him. We should be more concerned about blessing God than Him blessing us. But most of us, whenever we even pray, we don't pray for, you know, 30 seconds without asking God for something. And, uh, boy, that goes back to the pattern of prayer that Jesus left for us. And it doesn't begin with a request but so many times we forget the importance of that first part of what is commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. So obviously and sadly, most people are more pleased, I think, about being pleased than they are about pleasing God. Now here in this psalm, the reason that it is so special, at least to me, is the fact that we see nothing but praise. The entire psalm. You read through it, there's no complaints, there are no doubts, there's no troubles, there's no worry, there's no fear. I mean, it's all sunshine and no shadows. 
and, and throughout we see the believer's blessed benefits and, 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 and his great desire to bless the Lord. A famous preacher many years ago by the name of G. Campbell Morgan said Psalms 103 was perhaps the most perfect psalm of pure praise to be found in the Bible. And the more you read this psalm, I think uh, the more you'll tend to agree with what he said. Here is a man talking to himself. Oh, my soul. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Spurgeon said, uh, a soul with all of his soul talking to his soul. It's what we see here. A soul with all of his soul talking to his soul. And so here we see a, a, a record of reminders. And it's a recognition of our Redeemer. It's a, a remarkable reference, uh, reference to, to revealing the results of our relationship with God and the fact that we need to praise Him. I, as I was reading this this afternoon, I, I thought, you know, it's kind of like David, who is the author of this psalm, by the way. It's kind of like he gave himself a pep talk. You ever talk to yourself? I, I did this morning. I, I had a little talk with myself, you know. And uh, we uh, sometimes we need a pep talk. And, uh, boy, if anybody knew that, it was David. Because David had learned a lot in about dealing with difficulties in his life. You know, you look back at some of the situations that he went through, and thankfully... There at times were others to be there to encourage him. We see that in First Samuel chapter number 23 where Jonathan was there and Jonathan, his dear friend, encouraged him. But you go seven chapters later in chapter 30 and boy, you find David in a pit of despair and in all kinds of troubles and there is no one there to help him. But... The Bible says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And I'm telling you, if we're going to stay in it for the long haul, that's something every one of us has to do. There will be times someone will be there to prop you up and to pat you on the back and to cheer you on. But there are going to be other times when nobody, nobody is there and notice how David how David encouraged himself. It says, and I'm so glad these words are written there. It says he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. That is exactly the reason that one of my favorite verses is Hebrews twelve two and also three. Verse 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher, you know, of our faith. And then he says, verse 3, consider him. And, and he goes on and explains, consider him, you know, lest you grow weary, lest you faint. In other words, it's through considering him, looking unto him, maintaining our focus on him that keeps us from fainting during difficult times. And that's what David was doing. He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Now, I've mentioned all of that because when we get to this psalm here, 
we see David, I think, doing just that in that it's all about praise. Boy, look back, and I don't want to read it, but look at the psalm before. And I want you to listen to the difference here. I mean, this is a pitiful, horrible picture of a person in trouble in Psalms 102. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and, and let my cry come unto Thee. Hide not Thy face from me in the day when I am troubled. Incline Thine ear unto me in the day when I will and, and uh, I will call. Answer me speedily, for my days are consumed like smoke, and my bones are burned as a hearth, and my and my heart is smitten and and withered like grass, so that I. I forget to eat my bread. By reason of the voice of my groaning, my bones cleave to my skin. I'm like a pelican in the wilderness, like an owl of, of the desert. I watch in him as a sparrow alone upon the housetop. Mine enemies reproach me all of the day, and, and they are mad against me and are sworn against me. I've, I've eaten ashes like bread and mingle my drink with weeping and on and on, Lord, how much of that can a person take, you know? And then we move from that picture to Psalms 103. And you better believe God had His hand in the arrangement of all of these things, and He arranged these Psalms for a good reason. And so we go from that pitiful picture just like David was when he was there in need and all alone and nobody to encourage him. And he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And we go from that pitiful picture to Psalms 103 that starts out by telling us, Bless the Lord, O my soul. So let's talk about that. What, is it, what does it mean to bless the Lord? I mean, after all, what could we possibly give God who has everything? What, what, what could we give Him? Well, we can give Him praise. And the, the, word, the word praise and bless, the word bless is almost synonymous with the word praise because it has to do with speaking well of His greatness and His goodness. And, and you know, whenever we think about God being the object of our praise, wow, I mean, there are untold things for which we can praise Him. We never run out of material. We can praise Him, you know, uh, for who He is. Uh, look at all of His attributes, for example, and see who He is and praise Him for that. We can praise Him and thank Him for what He has done. And so... Uh, so it's us giving God the praise that He deserves in, in reference to who He is and, and what He's done. And, and that's what David is, is encouraging himself to do. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let me tell you, that sometimes in our life, because of things that are wrong, let's face it, there are times that we might not feel like praising the Lord. We might not feel like praying and asking God for anything. Sometimes, you know, maybe all you don't feel like doing nothing but just curling up in a fetal position and crying or, you know, moaning and complaining. You don't feel like doing anything. And usually it's during times like that it's all the more important that we take note of God's goodness and God's greatness and that we find reason to give Him the praise that He deserves. Now... 
that's what it means to bless the Lord. But the question then comes, why should we bless the Lord? Well, number one, he demands it. You know, for anybody else to demand praise, that would indicate pride in their heart. It would, you know, mean that their ego is so big that they just, they're insisting on the the praise of others. And it would be unfair for any of us to insist that somebody praise us. We don't, we don't have that right. But, but we're talking about God. And because God is God, and, and because God knows that is ultimately in our best interest, don't ever forget that. Whenever God demands us to do something, there's always a, a reason behind it that ultimately is for our good. And so God demands it. He has the authority to do that. And we shouldn't need any other reason to praise the Lord. I, it's so many times, and it happens, you know, every Sunday morning I sit there and I look out and we'll be singing. I know that Brother Nolan and Tim, and they they know exactly what I mean. You know, there are times that that people won't be singing for different reasons. I understand that. There are certain times I might not be singing a particular verse for, you know, whatever reason. You know, maybe you don't feel good, whatever it is. I'm telling you, I could call names of some people I've never seen sing. Never. Sit there week after week after week professing Christians. I've never seen them open their mouth in song. I I, I don't understand that. I I really don't. And, And we are under the command of the Lord that we give Him the praise that He deserves he demands it he deserves it he deserves it because of who he is as i mentioned while you think about all of those attributes of the lord and you think about the fact that he is a sovereign god he is a righteous god he is a holy god he is a merciful god and on and on and on that list goes because of who he is because of what he's done notice the psalmist said bless the lord O my soul for all of his benefits in other words the things that god has done Oh, we could all make a long list of all of the benefits that we derive from having a relationship with the Lord. Not only that, we can praise the Lord for what He is doing because He's always active in our life. It's not like, you know, we just look back and say, well, God has done this for me and that for me and it is so wonderful and I want to praise Him for that. But I mean, God is right now at this very moment active in all of our lives. He's busy at work, whether we realize it or not. We need to praise the Lord because there are times in our life, you know, like like Job felt and like the psalmist felt on different occasions where it seemed like the Lord had forsaken him, that the Lord had forgot all about him. But then you read on and you see the same psalmist who at one moment felt like the Lord had forsaken him realizes that that's really not the case. I'm amazed at the liberty that God gave to the psalmist to express his true feelings. And sometimes we're afraid to do that, aren't we, with God? But he knows what our real feelings are anyway, you know. Now, it's one thing to murmur and complain against God. It's another thing to express to God how we feel and express our need of God's help because we feel that way. There's nothing wrong with that. God knows how we feel. He knows what's going on. And that ought to be a matter of concern to us. 
So we ought to praise Him for what He has done, for what He is doing. We ought to praise Him for what He shall do, because God's not through yet. It's not like God, you know, got us to where we are, and now it's a hands-off approach, you know. God still got plans for each and every one of us. That, you know, that's a thrilling thought in and of itself. And let me tell you, the older that you get, the more thrilling that thought becomes that God still has plans in some way for each and every one of us. We need to praise Him for that. So we need to praise God. He demands it. He deserves it. But listen, we need to praise God because of the fact that we actually benefit from it. And that's the reason I mentioned Psalms 102, because whenever you look at that psalm and you move from that one to Psalms 103, it's obvious that praise is something that lifts our spirit and is something that encourages us during our time of need. So it it, it helps us. I, you know, let me tell you, if the Bible says, you know, that... that uh, Happiness, joy is good, and it's like like a medicine. Laughter, uh, if that if that's some good for us, let me tell you, praise is bound to be ten times better for us. It's amazing the difference that praise can make in our life when we just devote ourselves to a period of time that we're not asking God for anything, we're not complaining about God too about anything, but we're just praising God because of who He is and what He's done, what He's doing, and what He's going to do. But not only do we benefit from it, ultimately others benefit from us praising the Lord because our testimony is a powerful force. It's a powerful tool. Uh, you know, not just listening to someone else give their testimony. That can be very helpful. But watching someone else live their life can make a big difference in our life. God can use that as a tool or an implement to bring others to Himself. Psalms 145 and verse number 4 says, One generation shall praise thy works. Now get this. One generation shall praise thy works to another, notice, and shall declare thy mighty acts. You know, there's something to be said about truth being transmitted from one generation to another. And, and all of that, that truth that we talk about isn't something that, you know, we just put in a document somewhere as our creed, as our articles of faith, but it's our entire manner of life. And that certainly ought to include us giving praise to God because you know, it, it might be that others aren't intentionally trying to watch us and find fault with us. It's just something that, well, it, it becomes obvious after a while. And uh, it makes a big difference when they see us praising God, especially whenever they know that, you know, we're maybe going through difficulties or everything's just not all right in our life, and yet... We have a, a heart filled with joy and we're praising the Lord and that cannot but help affect other people in a positive way. So he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord for all of his benefits. Well, when should we bless the Lord? 
Well, you know, it's easy when everything's going good. Psalms 34, 1 says, at all times. Going back to 145 in verse number 2, he says, Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. In other words, there shouldn't ever be a time in our life where we're not praising God. You know, I'm not saying that we necessarily have to lift our voice up in an audible way and have our hands lifted high or anything, but every moment of every day, we ought from our heart to be praising God for who He is and what He's done and what have you. So that's the how of it. You know, whether it's sermon, whether it's song, heartfelt worship, whatever it is, we ought to be a people of praise. In fact, the Bible says God inhabiteth the praise of His people. That simply means that whenever we praise God, God's going to show up, God's going to be here. If we want the presence of God, we absolutely must praise the Lord. And we can't praise the Lord without, you know, God being here in a very real way. And let me tell you, it makes a big difference whenever, whenever we are in such a, an attitude of worship that we can sense the presence of God. Now, I told Bev on the way over here, I said that I was going to preach from Psalms 103, and her response was, all of it? <laughs> and I said, uh, now, I don't think that would have bothered her if I preached all of it. She was just, you know, probably, uh, you know, feeling sorry for you folks if we was going to go through all of that. And I said, no, I'm, I'm just just part of it. But I, but I, I, I want to get to a point, and, and I plan on covering some things. And that brings me down to this and the reason for the whole message tonight, basically by way of trying to just encourage people to praise the Lord. And normally I would have mentioned this earlier, but I wanted to wait until now at the end of the message, getting that information out there. What does it mean to bless the Lord? Why should we bless the Lord? When should we bless the Lord? How should we bless the Lord? And, you know, we can know all of those things and and still not be motivated to actually bless the Lord. So I want, to, I want to take you on a tour. It won't take very long, but I want to take you on a tour just through some of these verses here. And I want you to follow along. You might even want to mark some things in your Bible. And uh, so as we begin the tour, the first stop is here in verse 3, and we go to the courtroom. So picture yourself being in the courtroom. And notice what it says. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. There's reason to bless the Lord. Forgiveness. That, forgiveness. We, we ought to bless the Lord. We have been forgiven. I, we stand there as it were in the courtroom. And because of the Lord Jesus Christ... We have been forgiven of all of our sins. I don't even have words to express, you know, how much that means to a person. Forgiven. Like the song says, the record's clear today for he washed my sins away. The old account was settled long ago. 
What a great day it is whenever someone, you know, is on trial for something and uh, all of a sudden they realize that the record has been expunged, that they're no longer under indictment, they are free to go. And I'll tell you, that's exactly what the Lord did based on what Jesus did. Amen. So we're going to leave the courtroom and we're going to go down to the street and we're going to go to the hospital. So we go into the hospital, and I want you to notice what he says here in verse number 3. Verse number 3, Who healeth all thy diseases. There's healing. Amen. You know, it's one thing to be forgiven, but you can be forgiven and be mighty sick. But boy, to think about the fact that we ought to bless the Lord to know that there is healing with the Lord. And and that healing, whether it is, you know, of a spiritual nature or whether it is a healing in a physical sense, it's all of the Lord. Were it not for the mercies of God, we'd all be dead already. He healeth all of thy diseases. Boy, some of you... I heard Brother Ron say amen and some of the some of you other folks that have been through difficulties physically and you can look back and, and I'll, I'll never forget the moment, you know, that uh, we got the news from the doctor that Brother Ron had just 24 to 48 hours to live. Uh, nothing more we can do. He said they never seen, you know, a worse case than that and we, we can't do any more. But I'll tell you, his family in this church, you know, prayed and prayed, and uh, God heard our prayers, and God brought healing to his body. You say, well, yeah, but he's, he's you know, he's, he's not completely healed. He's still got some problems. Well, you know, God's not through. You don't know what God's going to do. But I'm telling you, ultimately, listen, ultimately, every one of us is going to be healed from every disease and every problem we've got. It's just a matter of time. I preached that probably 15 or 20 years ago here. It's just a matter of time. And, and uh, it's just a matter of time till we're all going to be healed. So we've been to the courtroom. We found forgiveness. We went down the street to the hospital and we found healing. So we go back out in the street and we go down, uh, we go down the street a little ways and we come to the slave market. Notice verse 4. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. We ought to bless the Lord because there is redemption. And you know, you go down to the slave market and you stand there, you know, back in those times and you see, you see those poor people, those poor wretched people in slavery and you see people, you know, bidding on them and and taking them as their possession, and it reminds you of the fact that that used to be me. I was there in that same slave market. I, I, I was the property of a cruel owner who abused me and misused me, and then one day Jesus came down, amen, and He redeemed me. He paid the price to get me out of this old rotten slave market. That's the reason why we need to bless the Lord, oh my soul. We leave there. Boy, it's hard to leave there. You know, you just want to stand there 
You just want to stand there and keep gazing upon that crowd one by one as they pass through, but but we're going to stay on the tour and we go down the street a ways and we come finally to the palace. Ordinarily, folks can't just enter the palace, but we're given that special privilege. Notice verse 4, Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. He crowns us. Wow! We're talking about, you know, He who has all authority, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, He crowns us. And what with? With loving kindness and tender mercies. In ancient times, those rulers most of the time were, were cruel men. They had no real genuine concern for other people. Their only concern was maintaining their power over their kingdom. And they certainly were not going to share that with anyone. And, and now we see a picture of a palace where all of a sudden, because we've been, we've been purchased out of that slave market and now we're allowed to enter into the palace and we kneel before the King of kings and the Lord of lords and He places that crown upon our head. Loving kindness and tender mercy. Wow. Well, we walk out of the palace and we go down and... Uh, I mean, after something like that, naturally you feel like there ought to be a celebration or something, so we go down to the banquet hall. And look in verse number 5. Because this takes us to the banquet hall now. The metaphor changes. There's a different picture here. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things. There's satisfaction found in the Lord. Well, bless the Lord because He satisfies. Remember when Jesus said, you know, I'm the bread of life, I'm the water of life. Any man eat of this bread, he'll never hunger again. Any man drink of this water, he'll never thirst again. In other words, He's saying, I not only save, but I also satisfy. And there's satisfaction to be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Reason for us to bless the Lord regardless of what's going on in our life. Our neighbor might be against us. Our family might be against us. Everything might be wrong. Our body racked with pain. Do you realize that some of the most glorious hymns that we sing, some of the most beautiful poems that have ever been written, were written by people that were bedridden and people that had all kinds of difficult physical problems, some of them lifelong. And they used that as a springboard to you know, to give expression to their love for the Lord. You know, sometimes our biggest handicap is not having a handicap. You know, sometimes we have it so good that, you know, we don't have time for the things that are really important. But I'm so glad the Lord brings a satisfaction into our life. So we've eaten to our full. We're satisfied now. And we continue on our journey and we go out uh, outside the city limits now and we're out in the fields, out, out in nature. And notice verse 5, he says, So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. And there's a lot I could say about that and I'm not going to camp there or anything. I just want you to notice that there in the field, we find a reason for us to bless the Lord, and that's the fact that He renews us. He renews us. 
Thank God for that. You know, that's, that, that, that's a picture of reviving us, renewing us, and, and that's something we all need. You know, it's one thing to say, you know, to have a revival, and in most churches, you know, at least used to, had a revival every year. They just put it on the schedule, have it, you know, whether you thought you needed it or not, and somebody might enjoy it, and, uh, and so it was just for years done out of habit. But let me tell you, this thing of renewal is something we need every day in our life. It's, got, it's an ongoing process. It's not something that, you know, that you reach out for and try to, to get just when things are going bad and you're down in the dumps. It's something that we need every day. And thank God, because of Him, renewal is possible for us. And the Lord's teaching that through the things of nature. Well, we've only got one more stop now on our tour. And so we leave the field and we head toward home. And, and I'm going to jump down to verse number 13. And notice here it says, Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. That word pitieth implies compassion. We get home and we find compassion. We find a loving, understanding father there. And all of the, you know, hardships and difficulties and everything that maybe we've been through and so forth. But boy, when you get home, you know, that's, that's, your, that's your castle. That's your safe place in life to get home among those that love you and and as the father pitieth his children what what a wonderful thing it is to be able to think of god as our father and his pity his compassion on us so considering all of this i'm just going to wrap it up by saying you know maybe it's time that that you gave yourself a pep talk. I'm not trying to judge you. I'm just asking you and trying to provoke thought. But maybe maybe there's someone here that needs to do what David did. You know. Amen. David said, I- I've got to have a pep talk with myself. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is with me. No, he's, not, he's not looking out trying to be judgmental of others. He's not trying to figure out what everybody else needs. He's just t- talking about himself and the things that he ought to do. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And recognizing these things and rejoicing over these things. As we've taken this little tour, you, you, you just can't help but rejoice to think about, wow, this, this is what God has done in our life. And, and, and that gives us the motivation and the encouragement to, to bless the Lord. And boy, when we think about all the blessings of God and, and realize that we don't deserve anything, if that's really true, and I think it is, don't you? We don't deserve anything. But God's been good. Now, if we don't deserve anything, then, and I understand that everything about the world's not right, but if we don't deserve anything, then we're really never justified in complaining about anything. But sometimes we do. Sometimes we do. And sometimes we try to justify it. And the best cure for that is to do what David did, to have a little pep talk with ourselves. And say, bless the Lord, O my soul.
bless him for all of his benefits. And, and there's never a reason for us not to bless the Lord. Let's all stand together. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for all that, all that you've done, all you're doing, and all you've promised to do. And, Lord, I pray you'll forgive me of the times that rather than praise you, I've complained about the things of life and difficulties of life. And I just pray that you'll help each one of us to be, uh, be mindful of the fact that not only do you demand our praise, but, Lord, that, that you deserve it. And, God, help us to understand that 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 for each and every one of us that we do ourselves a favor we we benefit from being a blessing to you and lord i just pray that others will be able to see in us because of what you've done and because of our attitude of praise toward you they'll be able to see the difference that jesus made in our life and it'll encourage them to have a right relationship with you also Bless us now tonight and uh, be with each and every person and family represented here and encourage someone tonight and maybe somebody needs to have that little pep talk just, just between you and them and help them to do that in Jesus' name. While we stand and we're going to sing a verse of invitation and if you want to come and pray or just kneel there or sit there or whatever.